This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest with us. We have Brother Jerry Enzi, or J.R. Enzi, an incredible man of God and an author and uh, incredibly blessed and, and humbled to be able to have him on this podcast. Looking forward to what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I think that it's it's important and it's imperative. So uh, if you've tuned in, uh, I appreciate it. And uh, we're hoping that you'll uh, receive something out of this and, and that you'll be blessed by tuning in and hoping that God just has his way. So uh, Brother Enzi, why don't you just tell our listeners just a little bit about who you are, um, uh, where you are, and uh, what God's doing where you're at. Well, first let me say thanks to you, Brother Crooker, for the opportunity to share some thoughts uh, with you on this podcast. I I pray that um, our conversation today will uh, be a, a help or a blessing to someone that is listening. I have uh, been blessed to be in ministry for some 65 years. I received the Holy Spirit in 1955 and uh, started preaching just a few months thereafter. And it's been a a wonderful journey. God has been good to us. Uh, My wife and I have been blessed to have two fine children who have also been involved in ministry and uh, our grandchildren. Uh, we have a grandson who is also a pastor and uh, we have been in evangelistic work, pastoral work, and we have been at uh, headquarters in our United Pentecostal Church uh, headquarters in St. Louis. We worked there for a season, uh, several years as uh, Mission Secretary and Public Relations Director, and uh, then I served as uh, President of Texas Bible College for some 14 years, and retired from that in 1996, that I could come and be with my son, who pastors in Conroe, Texas. I've served here with him as Associate Pastor since that time. And that's where we are right now and happy to be serving still at our age and happy to be in the work of God. Amen. That's tremendous. That is tremendous. To be able to, you know, be the age you're at and still be excited and passionate about the things of God. You know, I remember hearing a message um, and it was directed at, you know, the those getting up in age and maybe hadn't been as um, involved um, in the church. And uh, this was some years ago. And uh, the preacher said, there's more for you to do. There's still more to do. And uh, I just think it's incredible when uh, people are willing to, you know, work in the fields and and get behind their pastor and, and just really do things for God, you know. And it's a lot of times, you know, we look at it and some people are like, well, I'm, I'm too old or I'm too young and it should never really be about 
you know, how old we are. It's just should always be about how passionate we are. And God blesses that. Well, I, I certainly want to be passionate until the day that I die for the cause of Christ. It's, uh, it has been a wonderful life. I have no regrets. And uh, he has walked with me many years and blessed me in many ways. And I'm, I'm thankful to have good health still at, uh, at age 83 and still preaching and teaching uh, every week. And uh, so God's been good. And, uh, I look forward to what is in the future for us. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, we're going to focus on one book that you wrote. Uh, but first, before we get into searching the scriptures, I I want you to... I wonder if you could tell us how many books you've authored over the years. Oh goodness, I'm I'm looking at at them on my desk, a stack there that I, uh, you know, I'd have to count them, but probably um, something between twenty and. <laughs> <laughs> and 30 something like that I, have, I haven't really stopped to count them to be honest with you so um you know on that same note are you uh do you do you think you've got more books in you i would like to have i i'm working on some things uh even as we speak and uh, I look forward to publishing uh, them if uh, that is in the, in the will of the Lord. Writing has always been probably my most uh, uh, passionate ministry, to be honest with you. I love preaching and teaching, and I, I do that. But writing is really uh, what I prefer to do and I love to do. And I do publish a blog as well as... Uh, articles and uh, uh in magazines and uh, books and what have you so uh, where can our listeners find copies of books that you have you have written that you've authored they are at advanceministries.org and uh, you can find the uh, store there that uh, uh, you can put a slash there and say store and it'll take you right to our books uh, on Advance Ministries, A-D-V-A-N-C-E, ministries.org. And then you also mentioned a, a, a blog that you, you write occasionally. And, and if they wanted to check that out, where would they go? Well... On the homepage of that uh, URL I just mentioned, you can uh, click on the, the blog. Uh, there is a place to you can go directly to the blog from there. And if anybody is interested in receiving announcements when I post the blog, either twice a month, sometimes, or just once a month, sometimes. But I will uh, I send an email out to all of our 
ones on our list to announce that it's there and provide a link for them to go direct to it. But they can they can access it right on our webpage there. Perfect. So we're talking about today searching the scriptures, and you wrote this incredible resource. Um, that I think that all the listeners should get on and they should purchase a copy today. If they're listening today, they should purchase a copy today. Um, but I, I want you, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit of what brought you to write Searching the Scriptures. Like maybe tell us a little bit of the background um, that caused you to, to feel compelled to write this book. My interest in the biblical text was kicked off in uh, 1973 when the popular New Testament uh, by the uh, New International Version New Testament came out and was introduced. In our family devotions, uh, I picked up that book and and, uh, began to use it in our family devotions, and it transformed our kids. that is really the truth. And then I, when I went to TBC, I did some courses uh, that was based, where that were based on uh, other translations, and the the students so responded in such a positive way, and let me know that they understood more than they had ever understood about the Bible before. Uh, and reading it from uh, a new a modern translation. And so uh, that doesn't mean that the King James is a poor translation or a bad translation. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's probably not an appropriate judgment for any translation, including the KJV. But none is perfect. Only the autographs are perfect. And uh, so it grew on me to continue to work. And I I wrote a first book called the book we called the Bible. It was just about the Bible in general. And uh, it it was that kind of thing. Now the book you mentioned here, searching the scriptures was written as uh, a polemic work that is uh, written in response to some of the claims that the KJV only people were making on the internet and uh, and tracks and um, and different uh, even on the YouTube and what have you, and they were making some claims that were not founded in in, in fact, and so ultimately I had contacted all of those that I knew were making those statements but they continued and so since they were publishing them broadly I felt that it was important to uh, uh, to write something that uh, uh, sort of cleared the air on that and uh, that's what this book is it deals with some of the claims and misinformation that is out there uh, And uh, to be fair, it's very, um, very in-depth in and, and informative, um, the book 
that we're talking about now. Um, so what do you believe the importance of using different Bible translations is? Well, the, the goal of reading the Bible and studying the Bible is to understand God's truth, to yeah. understand the plan of salvation, to understand how we are to live and uh, conduct our affairs and prepare ourselves for eternity. That's, uh, that's the reason we use the Bible and teach the Bible. But uh, you, can, you can find truth in all of the translations, including the KJV, of course, but it's a little more difficult, to be honest, uh, to find uh, it in the KJV because of the 400-year-old language and the syntax and the idioms that are used there and word changes, meanings that have changed. And uh, so it's a little more difficult to find it there. So it's more helpful for lay people and uh, young people and even old people. Uh, it just it just turns the lights on in people's minds when they read the NLT or the or one of the modern versions that that says it so plainly. Uh, and so what we need is understanding and knowledge. And I believe the modern translations helps us. Uh, they do help us in that in that way. So it would be your your opinion that, uh, and, and I wouldn't. I want to put a disclaimer here that this is not by any means um, a conversation to bash, if you will, people that read uh the king james only version um i just think it's important that and just like any other part of our life is to look at sort of the broader spectrum or bigger picture if you will and in ways that we can help people better understand god's truth and he talked to uh brother Andy talked a little bit about that um but it is it's imperative you know, there's going to be people that don't have anything, any idea, any clue about anything that's in the Word of God. And if you show them something that says, thee, thy, thou, they they probably, they're going to struggle, you know. And, and you know, what do these words mean? And, and, and so you're going to find yourself explaining a lot more when, if they could read it from a translation that gives them, the same understanding from a a modern uh, uh, adage or or wordage, you know it. it I, I feel like it's more conducive, um, especially when you're considering things like end time revival. You know, you want to be able to spend the time you need with these people, but you want them to be able to grow and be self sustaining in the kingdom of God. Um, you know, we don't want to have to. Uh, I don't know the best way to word this, but we don't don't want to have to baby, you know, new converts forever, if that makes sense. Certainly it does. And new converts particularly uh, find it helpful 
uh, to read from the newer translations. Uh, but this is in no way, as you say, uh, a bashing of uh, the King James Version, really, or those who read it and use it. I have no problem at all with those who prefer it and who who like to use it and who do preach from it and study it. That's that is fine. That's not a problem. The only problem has been to make claims about it and about the newer translations that are not based in fact. And it is confusing to many of our lay people who read these things. And uh, so we've had to publicly uh, talk about it, which I don't really prefer to do, but uh, we've had to uh, let our people know that these things are not necessarily true and uh, uh, what is being said. We just, we just want our people to have confidence in the scriptures. The Bible is our final authority for historical truth and for a foundation of our faith. And so its integrity must be absolute. It must be trustworthy. And our confidence in the word must be unshakable. And I find that uh, to be far more uh, viable to reach that conclusion and helpful to reach that conclusion in people's lives when we're dealing with something that they understand clearly and something that is not written in a language of uh, 400 years old and uh, where there are many spellings different and where there are many changes in meaning of words and so it can be quite confusing and so uh, i think it is helpful and uh, but if they just <laughs> find to use the kjv but just don't uh say those things that are incorrect about it or incorrect about other versions and so that's what the book really uh was prompted by So, we're talking about your book, Searching the Scriptures, but I think it's important, you know, that we, as the people of God, search the Scriptures. You know, we find certain doctrines that arise when people aren't searching the Scriptures for the biblical truth. You know, we'll find, you find, they'll pick one verse of Scripture without having, you know, other witnesses in the Bible that back that claim, those claims up. How can our listeners um, have faith or um, a surety, if you will, that, that the Bible that they're reading um, is legitimate? First of all, there is no book in all the world that has hundreds of prophecies that were spoken hundreds of years before they were fulfilled to the T. Hundreds of scriptures about the Old Testament, about what would happen in the New Testament through the ministry of Christ 
uh, something like 330 odd, I believe, are the prophecies that all of them have exactly as, as the words spoke. So uh, the, the promises as well as the prophecies uh, that have been fulfilled in our lives that have been proved to us as we daily walk with God, the promises of the Lord are fulfilled in our lives. And, and it proves us, proves to us daily that that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so we prove the word every day that we live and uh, his, his, his presence is with us. He blesses us in our worship. He blesses us when we pray. He answers our prayers according to his will. And it just is a, a marvelous thing to watch the change in people's lives as they come to God and trust his word and, and are filled with the spirit and are baptized in his name and begin to walk with him. No, no false uh, book, no, no classic, no uh, uh, inferior uh, uh, fiction novel could do that. There's power in the word. There's, there's tremendous power in, in the word of God to change the lives of people. And that is probably the greatest proof and testimony of the veracity of the word of God is that we watch what it does in people's lives. It's wonderful. So I got thinking in it. So I, I've got it open here. Um, John chapter five and, and verse you know, 39 and 40, Jesus uh, was saying, search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me and ye will not come to me that ye might have life. He was, you know, talking to these, the, these people that didn't acknowledge uh, the deity of Jesus Christ. And so when we're looking back, you know, we're talking about searching the scriptures. And so I think it's important to throw this in there. You know, some people are New Testament only and or they they believe that, you know, the Old Testament law or, or things that are in the Old Testament aren't necessary today. But I mean, time and time again, Jesus, he says, oh, yes, well, you've heard it said this way. But now I'm telling you, and, and he adds extra, something that would seem more difficult to do unless, you know, you have the Spirit of Christ. And so, yes. how could, or maybe a, a better way to put it is, what is a way that we could encourage people of the importance of the Old Testament? Well, uh, it is the Old Testament is history and uh, prophecy primarily. There's a portion, of course, that are poetic and uh, uh, even songs and, and and poems that are written, be chanted and and then praised and worshipped to God. Uh, all of those parts are important. 
uh, where did we come from? If we didn't have the Bible, we have we would have absolutely no idea where we came from or how we came to be, uh, how this world was formed, or how uh, we came to live on this world, or how, how is it that we're the only uh, ones that we can find in the universe <laughs> where yeah. there is life. Uh, although we haven't this, we haven't gone to all the places yet, but uh, we we know that the word is true. It, Genesis tells us how it all began, and we find as we dig in archaeological digs and and we go through all the scientific uh, activities that that prove the scriptures or that uh, confirm the. That that does not confirm the word of God. That that this is the word of God. That puts it aside or or claims that it's wrong because of this. It just doesn't happen. It's just everything we find proves that the historical Old Testament is true. The prophecies were true because they came to pass in the life and ministry of Jesus and. The fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Ghost that came on the day of Pentecost in the Acts in Acts the second chapter, and uh, all of that was prophesied then, and so it came to pass just as it said. So we can trust the Old Testament. We can trust the New Testament as well, and it tells us how, as we are filled with the Spirit and baptize in his name and begin to walk in the Christian life, how to be overcomers. And uh, it gives us information on exactly how to pray and how to live and how to live out the instructions of the apostles. And, and so it just, it, it's, it's a wonderful book. It's, it's a fascinating uh, thing to study. And I urge all your listeners to, to uh, be more passionate about it and about reading it, uh, learning it, memorizing it, preaching it, teaching it, passing it along to your children and grandchildren. Yes, sir. Praise God. And here's the thing. You know, it's it's still the number one best-selling book in the world. Yes, it is. And there's a reason for that. And if all the promises and promise, uh, prophecies were not true and they didn't come to pass, uh, they found many things that, that, that disproved it, that wouldn't happen. But it's still the number one bestseller. And uh, it's true. That's right. And looking at, you know, the prophecies. Psalm 33 and 4 says the word of the Lord is the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Amen. <laughs> and we could look at, uh, you mentioned how uh, the prophecies and, and, and how all these things are coming to pass exactly, exactly as the Bible says. And you could look at that and you could say, well, it could be coincidence, but. If you're looking at 
how, like, first of all, the, 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 the ability for, um, something like it, it's a, like a one in like one millionth chance that it would happen exactly as it says. Well, look at it like this. If Jesus had been, uh, if they had broken Jesus' bones, then you could point back and say that prophecy that said that none of his bones would be broken, that proves the Bible is wrong or that Bible is cannot be trusted or what have you. But they didn't break any of his bones. They came to do it and started to do it and realized that, that it was no need to do it. And so they didn't break it. And they sold him for 30 pieces of silver, exactly as the Old Testament said it would happen. It wasn't 29. It wasn't 31. It was 30 pieces of silver. He was going to be put into a rich man's uh, borrowed tomb. That's exactly what happened. Uh, all these prophecies like this about him came to pass that there's no coincidence that that could uh, could have. Once I tell you what I did, I'll hurriedly say this: <laughs> the, the National Enquirer is a magazine that prophesies each year about the things that are going to happen in the coming year. Well, I picked up one of those a few years ago, and I wanted to just see if what they said came to pass. It had about, oh, 30 or 40 prophecies in there that was going to happen in the coming year. I kept the record. Not one of them came to pass. You know, you would think at least one or two. They even talked about people in Hollywood marrying, you know, that... <laughs> That should have happened for sure. It didn't happen. The ones that they said would would marry, nothing they said came to pass. But there's, as far as I know, they're still publishing, maybe, or are still prophesying. But no one should put confidence in them. But in the Bible, when the Bible said it, you can take it to the bank. It happened and will happen, just as it said. Hallelujah. Oh, the wealth and the riches of the knowledge of God. Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh, you can oh, never yes. search all of the truths and all of the riches that there are to be known when you're reading the Word of God because there's always a little bit more to give.
that's that is our passion and that is what we want to uh, spend our lives working toward absolutely well brother Enzi this has been a tremendous uh, honor and, and blessing and I believe that what we've talked about today is going to bless somebody. They're going to listen and they're going to say, this is tremendous. I've got to get a hold of a copy of this book. Uh, I I want to better understand the Word of God and how can I do things for God better? And, and what can I do to better understand God as he is and, and his relation to me. And so I, I, I'm i very glad that you uh, accepted the um, invitation. And this has been incredible. So thank you. Well, I thank you for the invitation. And as far as uh, obtaining the book, uh, the print book can be uh, uh, obtained uh, and accessed uh, through Amazon. Uh at, at our website, you can order the um, uh, the Kindle, not the Kindle, but the uh, digital copy, the ebook from us. And so, uh, I, from the print, if you need a print copy, you can order that from Amazon. It's available out there on Amazon. Do you get the? Uh, the other from us, the ebook is available from us, and it's searchable and uh, printable, and it's uh, very, very helpful. I pray that uh, somebody will search that out. Amen. So, thank you again. This has been this has been incredible, and uh, maybe we'll have you on again to talk about something else. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you, Brother Crooker, for all you you do and your writing and uh, your your doing books yourself and i i really appreciate the fact that you are uh, developing your writing ministry and uh, this podcast and may god bless it all in the future amen i accept that i believe that (laughs) i receive that amen god bless you brother This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pentecostal Periodical Magazine, a 501c3 ministry with writers who believe and live apostolic doctrine. A few writers include Kelly Nix, Scott Phillips, Samantha Thrash, Neil Purcell, Larry Chocklin, Jeff Arnold, and more. You can subscribe at www.pentecostalperiodical.com. If you would like to join our writing team or would like to make a donation, email us at info at pentecostalperiodical.com. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.